Hey, Travis, you're not as good at podcasting as you think you are. Hey, what? How? What? You're even better. It's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasion. Hello, my dove. Hello. Uh, those listening at home may once again hear a tiny baby white noise machine in the background. We've got our <laughs> baby with it. You might also from time to time hear me say, hi. I'm not talking to you at home. That's the thing I do whenever I make eye contact with my baby. It's I can't help it at this point. It's just a thing. I do. All right. Well, as promised, we have our companion episode to last week, which was compliments. Today is insults. You don't want to banter some more? Nope. We can talk about just before this, the baby had a big poop. I'm ready. Okay. You're just going to jump right into Let's it? Let's go. Wow. I've turned you into a podcasting machine now. You're like, podcast, podcast. I don't want to talk. I don't want to banter. <laughs> we banter all the time, Travis. Let's get into it. You you, you steer this train. You take me where you want to go on this boat. Mixed okay. metaphor. Well, so I certainly don't advocate insulting people. And you'll learn that there are other etiquette experts that also don't advocate it. What? What? And um, we'll also go through how you can you can take an insult a little better. That's the thing. I, I, unlike compliments, we don't advocate giving them out. But I think that being able to take, as you have said, being able to take one well, just like being able to take a compliment well, um, is a is a skill that more people should have in their quiver, you know? Yeah. I think you can tell a lot about a society and what they value by what their insults are. Okay. Um, for example, if, if you're told that your ancestors were pigs, you would probably think that your ancestors were supposed to mean a lot to you, right? Ah, uh, and if you said, like, you're acting without honor, like, okay, cool. So I honor told is yeah. something that is valued. Or, um, for instance, in... Medieval times, uh, the thing that would be attacked if you were a man would you'd be attacked for um, social status. So you might be called a lower status than you were. And uh, women were often targeted by chastity and behavior. Unlike now. No one gets insulted for their chastity now. Exactly. I roll. Yeah. So let's go for some medieval insults first. Yes, please. You're a dragon turd. Is that one? No, because dragons aren't real. They didn't know that back then. We barely know that now. Just because you haven't seen one. Here's one about class. So this is from um, England in 1555, and it was cited in a defamation suit. Uh, was Someone was called a man named John Bridges, claimed that a guy named Wanford had called him a crooked-nosed knave in public, which I guess if it was bad enough to sue, it was probably a pretty bad insult at the time. Um, yeah, so knave, according to uh, Marion Webster, is a, a dishonest man. Like, basically, like, you're a liar. You mm-hmm. know, more or less, you have no class. You're like, school on Sunday, no class. Thank you, Fat Albert. Another class-related insult is churl, 
which means peasant-like or coarse. And it actually comes from an old English wor- word, curl, um, which literally meant one man above a slave. Oh, so you're just like one step up. Right. Here's another one. Gloss Pontonier, which is a... One more time? Gloss. No, maybe it doesn't have a U. So Gloss Pontonier, which means a gluttonous scoundrel. Um, The reason it was so hard to pronounce is because they're from Old French. Um, (laughs) And uh, and Old French in general was was used a lot in the... uh, Epic stories from medieval period, you know, Norman conquest, conquest and whatnot. Gotcha. Moving a little more around the globe, this one is Old Scottish, a scamalar. Scamalar? Mm-hmm. Which is a scrounger or a parasite. Um, it comes from a poem called The Flying of Dunbar and Kennedy, which I said is uh, Old Scottish. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you take the time to read it, not only do a lot of the insults rhyme, but they're also, uh, a lot of them are alliterative. Ooh, I like that. I like when someone really puts the time and effort into very uh, lyrically insulting someone. Like a rap <laughs> battle. I enjoy a rap battle to no end. It's one of my favorite parts of Hamilton. When it's like, that was a very clever insult that you put. That, because you know what? Here's the thing. It may be an insult, but it's also a compliment that you took the time and effort to really insult me. You didn't just call me like a poo-boo head or something. You really looked at me. You yelled big head out the window as he drove past. You really analyzed what's the, I think it's John Mulaney who has a great joke about like, he's so afraid of like, you know, 13 year olds or kids. Cause like kids can like pick out that thing that you're most self-conscious about. And like insult. look at this guy with his thin hips, like that kind of thing. It's like, Anyways, I just like when someone really nails the one thing you don't want to be insulted about. Last one from uh, the 1400s in Ghent is Leveretter. One more time? Leveretter. Leveretter. Which is a uh, form of liver eater. Oh. From Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I, su- I suppose so. Um, so it means that they're corrupt or they are depriving the world of necessary nourishment. So if I eat your liver, you don't have it anymore and you can't use it and you're depriving me, right? Either that or it means like you're eating the nicest part of the animal. I don't know. Maybe the liver is like super like. It was often used to describe corrupt business people. Gotcha. So they were taking the best parts for themselves. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so moving on to Shakespearean, and we talked a little bit about Shakespearean insults in the uh, Shakespearean compliment section. Uh, go ahead, and if you if you are really interested in this, you should look it up online and find one of those charts again. Um, but here is one from, um, bo- it is used both in Macbeth and the Merry Wives of Windsor. Uh, and it means a mangy woman who is old and scabby. A rognon. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Here's one from King Lear, base football player. Because football was a game played by the lower classes, again, classism, um, and it was renowned for being lawless and violent. 
uh, because games usually, we talked a little bit about uh, old football games, they would uh, rampage through the town centers and uh, involve sometimes hundreds of people and often conclude in several deaths. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know my favorite insulter in Shakespeare is? Who? It's Mercutio. Mercutio is insulting uh, a Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet. It makes me very happy. Especially since it comes with the great line, why not couple it something, make it a word and a blow? Which is just, just a good way to be like, put your money where your mouth is. Step up. You mm-hmm. want to start stuff? Uh, you know, here's the thing, though. I'll tell you. You talking about Shakespeare has reminded me. Everybody talks about Shakespearean insults. I actually think Cyrano de Bergerac has way better insults. Like, the, the play Cyrano de Bergerac, um, in, I think right at the very beginning, somebody insults his nose. It's the whole thing about Cyrano, right? And speaking of, like, making a really well-thought insult, uh, Cyrano then goes on to deliver one of my favorite theatrical speeches ever, which is breaking down different ways they could have insulted his nose better. Um, and he runs through a list. Um, I, I, if you don't mind, may I do a bit of it now? Go for it. Young man, I am afraid your speech was a trifle short. You could have said at least 100 other things, varying the tone of your words. Let me give you some examples. In an aggressive tone, sir, if I had a nose like that, I would amputate it. Friendly, when you drink from a cup, your nose must get wet. Why don't you look from, why don't you drink from a bowl? Descriptive, tis a rock, a peak, a cape. No, it's a peninsula. Curious, what is that large container for? To hold your pens and ink? Gracious, how kind you are. You love the little birds so much you have given them a perch to roost upon. Truculent, when you light your pipe and puff smoke from your nose, the neighbors must think the chimney's afire. Considerate, be careful when you bow your head or you might lose your balance and fall over. Thoughtful, place an umbrella over your nose to keep its color from fading in the sun. And it goes on and on and on and on. And it's just a great example of like how to turn a comp, like how to turn an insult against the person, like, Oh, that's a really bad insult. Let me show you how I could have done it better. Such a brilliant monologue. Not very kind, but Not very brilliant kind. and comedic. But it definitely a way to insult someone by turning their own insult against them. Mm-hmm. I just thought I, I, more on that later. So here are some Victorian uh, insults. One of my favorite eras, uh, only because a lot of these are just so. I don't know. They're so descriptive in the way that they actually insult someone. Um, so, Foozler. Excuse me? Foozler. Oh, that's, of course, from uh, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> it is a bungler or one who does things clumsily. The word bungler is already funny enough. <laughs> foozler is someone who's bad at foosball. How about gib face? What okay. do you think that means? Uh, gib faced. Mm-hmm. Uh, a liar? Nope. An ugly person, who I suppose is a type of being ugly if you lie a lot. I guess. I was thinking like two-faced. It ah. popped in my head. Here's one. Horn swoggler. Now this one I've used before. You have. It's a swindler, right? Yeah, a fraud or a cheat. Yeah, horn swoggler. I, I only know it because I think that there is a uh, WWE wrestler called Hornswoggle or Hornswoggle. And we talked about him. We did a uh, crossover episode with the... Uh, the uh, the flop house and we did it on the new Leprechaun movie and, it, ah. and I believe Hornswoggle and Griffin just kept yelling we got Hornswoggle Hornswoggle's <laughs> here 
Another good one, Mumbling Cove. Mumbling Cove. Uh, Like a, a simpleton, an idiot? No, not quite. It is a shabby person or an unpleasant, deceitful landlord. Oh, okay. Well, that's, hmm. Those are two, like, not like polar opposite things, but I'm okay. Now, um, here's one that you may recognize from a a podcast that we listen to, Rat Bag. A rat bag. Is it someone who's a bag of rats? A general term of abuse for a rogue or an eccentric. Remember I, rat bags and kids? No, I honestly thought Griffin made that up. I didn't no, know rat bag was a thing. It is a Victorian insult. It sounds like something from like Skyrim. I didn't know that that was an actual thing. Hey, Griffin, you didn't make that up. I'm sorry. They talk about that on Rose Buddies a lot. They talk about uh, rat bags. And I don't know if we can say the other way. Is that dirty kids? Oh, I already said it. That's well, okay. Well, I'll just bleep it. Um, but they talk about it on Rose Buddies a lot. And I honestly thought Griffin made up the term rat bag. Nope. Okay. He may have thought that he did, but he didn't. Well, if that's not a McRoy being a McRoy, I don't know what is. I thought I made that up. That's what it says at the bottom of the Macro coat of arms. <laughs> this is my joke. I thought I made that up. There's a lot of, okay, to be fair, though, there's a lot of phrases that the Macroys use. Here's some um, insults from my dad. Hat wearing geek-a-boy is a thing my dad called someone once. I have no idea what that means, but to this day, we think about it a lot. Um, there's a bunch of little folksy idioms. I swore to John with something my mom said, all which I think was like, I swear to God, or I swear to... I don't know. I don't know what the reference was. Fiddly fiddly farting around is still my favorite thing (laughs) my dad's ever said. One time my brothers and I were like all fighting and arguing in the backseat of the car. My dad turned around and said, if you guys don't stop fiddly farting around, but I turned it and we all three stopped and like, wait, what? Hold on. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get back to our fight in a second. Fiddly farting? (laughs) What? Which isn't exactly an insult, but it, it it is definitely a colloquialism. I guess I don't know what it is. It's just a Mac. It's just a Clintism. I don't think anyone else in the world has ever said it. Well, they will now. Now take this, spread it throughout the world. <laughs> here are some. Uh, keeping moving on in history, here here are some of Theodore Roosevelt's famous insults for people. Um, how about classical ignoramus? Classical, ig- I well, I only know this from the um, the peg game at at the um, ignoramus. You're an ignoramus. I mean, you're a dummy. <laughs> you don't know nothing. Uh, a mind that functions at six guinea pig power. That's good. Yeah, it is. It's so descriptive, isn't it? It's mean, but it's also good. You know. Like, like Lily Livered is the thing where it's like, now somebody called me Lily Livered, I would be like, what? Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's so weird. Thank you. And then uh, White Livered Weakling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right that's on. A, yeah. It's along the same lines. Yellow Bellied. Yep. 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 Uh, you can tell what he valued, um, courage uh-huh. and steadfastness and intelligence, just by seeing what he uh, insulted people for. That's one of the I I have um I hi I exist on the internet I've been insulted before and it's always so weird to see like in that example the thing that someone thinks you will be insulted by because they would be insulted by if someone said it to them but mm-hmm. it doesn't bother you at all like somebody tried to call me out for like and I bet you're just constantly worried about other people's feelings and I'm like yeah I. I am. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Somebody like tried to call me. I can't remember the term and I wouldn't spread it because I don't. 
it was stupid and offensive, but talking about me being uh, like, and you and you wear a beard because you think it's cool. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I bet you have lots of female friends. Yeah, I do. Thank you. Here's one from Winston Churchill, who said to an MP after she accused him of being a drunk. He said, my dear, you are ugly, but tomorrow I shall be sober and you will still be ugly. Oh, Winston Churchill's got a lot of those. Mark Twain's got a lot of those. You know, it's, it's so like, it's so amazing how time makes insults a thing that you respond to like, ugh, brilliant. Like if I was sitting there today and there was some drunk at a bar and my friend said, hey, get out of here, you're drunk. And he turned around and said that to them, I would be very offended. But reading about Winston Churchill saying it to someone like 80 years ago, I'm like, ha ha, that guy, genius. Like when I read Mark Twain insults, I'm like, ah, oh, that dude, ah, oh, so great. But like if I heard him say that to a friend at a bar, I'd punch him. Those Brits are actually pretty good at the insults. Here's one from uh, David Cameron, made to Ed Balls, another MP. You don't need it to be Christmas to know when you're sitting next to a turkey pretty good yeah yeah that's kind of that like folksy daddish insult that's almost like okay i mean i'm definitely offended by it but you call me a turkey (laughs) (laughs) here's one that uh i don't exactly know what it means but apparently uh boris johnson called the london assembly great supine protoplasmic invertebrate jellies I guess that means that they're simple, like simple cell organisms yeah i think it means like you're you're unevolved you're Slime. Yeah, I think so too. Moving to a little more recent history, um, here's a Miss Manners article from 1986 that deals with a woman who was actually um, called out as pregnant when she was not expecting, which is something we've talked about before. Um, Probably not necessarily meaning to insult this lady, uh, but if you don't know someone is pregnant, you shouldn't ask them when they are due or if they are expecting. Um, Miss Manners, first of all, starts out that she, uh, does not mean to instruct people how to take offense and put others in their place, which I think is a great idea. Having manners isn't about, isn't about setting people down a notch. It's not about being better than others. It's about being your best self. Right. Um, so she goes on to, uh, address the reader in the way of, she begs you not to be offended when the general ignorance of manners and absence of agreement on standard forms results in well-intentioned actions that do not happen to fit your philosophy. So what she really means is you really shouldn't be upset with someone uh, who you maybe, maybe you think that he should open a door for you and they don't, right? So it's about the expectation and the the way that things come across. So this person did not expect to insult the person who wasn't pregnant. You know what I mean? Yeah. The tricky thing is though, like I think I, I think about this a lot. Where I think that you're, I think both you and Miss Manners are right. Where like intention is very important here. But we talk a lot about like perception versus intention, and I'm sure that the person in this circumstance didn't mean to insult the person, but the person was insulted. So the question then becomes like, in a perfect world, yes, we would not get upset when someone unintentionally insults us, but we do get upset. Yes. And so 
Miss Manners, uh, although she says that she would not insult the person, she would show the the registering of the insult and then not tolerate it. So what she suggests is a pretty all-purpose answer to insulting questions or remarks to say, how dare you? Um, and uh, even in 1986, I think that this... Uh, phrase was probably not used quite as often as it should have. Um, but that kind of puts the, the onus of the insult back on the other person. And I also think that you also have the option if it's unintentional to say something along the lines of like, Hey, I don't think you meant it this way, but like, that's really hurtful. And, and because it might be that one, they didn't mean it that way. And you're saving them from future instances of this because anybody who walks around and goes up to someone and asks when the babies do with like that's not okay mm -hmm. it's not okay and if they do it once they probably have done it before and will do it again and saying like hey i don't think you meant it this way but like that's really offensive that's very hurtful um because it's interpreted like this and but i also have learned um in my life that it is not the job of the insulted person or the upset person to educate the other person. Right. So if you don't feel like doing that, just go, well, I never and walk away. <laughs> or, or, or I'm reminded of Stephanie Tanner. How rude. How rude. And walk away. Like, it's not your job to sit them down and hold their hand and turn them into a decent human being if you're not feeling it. I, I think that I would really only advocate that if it's like someone you work with mm -hmm. or like a very good friend or a relative, someone who... Like, if it's just a stranger on the street, walk away. And I mean, we talk about this all the time. You really have to gauge your reaction as far as what kind of relationship you want to have with this yeah, person. Yeah, what's the investment, you Exactly. Because if it's like, if your boss does it, you can't just be like, that's really rude, John, and walk away. You know, like, because they're your boss and that's not how that relationship works. It might be something where, and if it's offensive enough, you can go to HR but if it's like, okay, well, hey, John, you probably didn't mean it this way, but like, that's kind of hurtful. You know, I think that that's always an option to go with if you feel like getting that involved in the moment. Exactly. So we've got a bunch of questions. Uh, but first, here's a word from another Max Fun show. Hi, I'm comedian Emily Heller. And I'm cartoonist Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. Do you want to learn weird new facts? Do you like hearing successful creative women talk about their poop? Do you want the scoop on Martha Stewart's pony? If you answered yes to any of these questions, our show is for you. We interview people like Paul F. Tompkins, Kristen Shaw, Michael Che, and more. So check us out on Maximum Fun. And let us mess up your brain. Yes, please. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. All right, so we've got some questions here from our listeners. Um, this is from, um, I'm going to go with, mm, might be Shella, might be Sheila. I'm going to go with Shella. Um, my BFF and I show love by burning each other constantly. Is this normal? Now I assume this means insulting each other. Um, and 
I will say that in my life, I have known many people. Like, uh, for example, my friend Trevor and I, like, that's I, that was our whole, like, college dynamic. That was uh, our group of friends. We would often uh, kind of, like, rib each other and, like, and, and I would imagine to outside viewers say really mean things to each other. Is that normal? Is that a thing that is okay? Well, I often see it in movies on t- and on TV. This is kind of like the mean girl syndrome. And I, I will borrow a little something from Mean Girls where Tina Fey says, you shouldn't call each other those terrible names. Um, most of them sexually explicit, so I won't go into them. Uh, because it gives other people the the impetus to call you that, even if it's between your friends, right? So I, if that's the dynamic that you have, and you both know that it is it's endearing, then sure, do what you like, but do remember that you calling each other those names often opens the door for other people to call you that. Not only that, but I would also say in this circumstance. Another worry is you can never really know what's going on inside someone else's head. So, you know, there may be five of you in this group and you all say these snarky things to each other and you all smile and laugh and maybe one of you doesn't really like it. Maybe one of you, it hurts their feelings, but they want to be part of the group. So they smile and they laugh or you say these things and everybody thinks it's okay, but it does kind of like earworm their way in and like eventually you you never know what long-term impact you're having on somebody's psyche I, I i get it it's a thing i see especially in people like you know high school college age where they kind of react to each other this way because i think sincerity is way harder like building a relationship off of looking at someone and going hey I love you. I appreciate you. I like having you in my life. That's way scarier than being like, look at this dork over here. Am I right? <laughs> Anyways, we're, we're all having fun. Like, that's way easier. And I think that I, I now in my uh, 30s look back at college age Travis and think maybe not everyone was in on the joke. Maybe it wasn't. It, Michael Bradbury, one of my favorite people in the world. Um, he He kind of uh, changed the course of my life dramatically because I moved back home. Um, I'm going to brag on Bradbury for a second. We okay. Moved, moved back home. I'll allow it. Um, from college, I moved back to West Virginia, and I was meeting all these new people and making all these new friends through Bradbury. And one day he sat me down, and he was like, hey, just so you know, everybody thinks you're kind of a jerk. And I was like, what? No, I'm just I'm just playing. You know, I'm just, having, I'm just making jokes. And he's like, listen, I know that, but, like, these people are – meeting you for the first time you're sitting down with them you know like the first time you ever meet them and you're you're kind of like giving them a hard time and they don't know you well enough to know that you're joking and you're presenting not the best version of yourself and it was like only then that i realized like i had these friends in college that i knew and hung out with all the time so we gave each other a hard time and that was our dynamic and you can't really translate. Like, I had forgotten how to be nice to people to make them my friends. And it took me a while to, like, relearn sincerity of, like, interacting with new people. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so I would say, as far as the question asker goes, is it normal? I think, yes, it has been very normalized. Um, but I think that if it is something you are worried about, it 
is something that you should probably address and make sure that everybody who participates is in on it. Um, similarly, in that same vein, this is from Benjamin. I'm always the person in my group uh, who gets a hard time. They said group chat. I was trying to, I think that means uh, group text message. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm 33. Um, <laughs> but who gets a, and I uh, also, Benjamin, if you're listening, changed the word, changed I, to gets a hard time uh, for no reason. Why is this and how can I make it not be a thing? Um, well, the easiest way, I think, to make it not be a thing is to address it head on. And when I say easiest, I mean probably the shortest route. Most direct. Most direct. um, Because it it won't be easy. Um, But the people in this group chat hopefully are your friends. And I would suggest tackling it one person at a time in person instead of in the group chat. Because if you were to write something as, as innocuous as, hey, that really hurts my feelings... It might come off as uh, as maybe a, a little uh, less potent than you want it to be. So in person, telling someone that you know, I understand that we make you know we make jokes, but I don't like being the butt of every joke. It really hurts my feelings. I think that that might work a little better for you. And again, like I said, it's the simplest answer, but it it may not be very easy. So. I hope that you that they listen to you and they really are your friends. I would also advise um, don't do it right after it has occurred. Like if somebody says something and they're giving you a hard time and that's when you choose to say something um, because that could make them a little bit more defensive and make you like your your feelings are already kind of up. You're yeah, t- give it a, a chance to cool off. Yeah, do it at like a neutral time. Be like, hey, I've really been wanting to talk to you for a while. Like, I know that this has been a comment. I, I don't like it. Because one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to go, oh, I had no, I thought, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize. And then it stops happening. Or they go, well, tough, deal with it. And then they're not your friends. And you should find new friends. Um. This is from Quinn. How do you come back from a nasty insult gracefully? Um, well, I think that it all has to do with uh, the state of mind you put yourself in. So uh, I think that you need to, first of all, take a deep breath. I always advocate breathing. I think that it really helps any kind of situation. Um and there are a couple things that you can you can say to this person. And I, I do advocate that you try not to lose your temper or become too visibly upset because if they are really trying to insult you, that's what they want. They want to upset you. Um, something you can say is, I'm not sure I understand what you're trying to say and make them explain it to you. They may try and walk themselves back. Uh, which which will be good for you, and hopefully they'll understand that you're not going to take their insults. Um, uh, and then and then you need to try and set your boundary in the way of I really don't appreciate it when you say those things to me, or we need to work together and we need a better relationship than that. You know, yeah, something like that. You if it's try and wants to get set in, a boundary. If it's that relationship that you're trying to really, like, establish, if it's something. Um, if not, I recommend um, a hero of mine, 
um, just follow their footsteps, calmly look at the person and say, I know what you are, but what am I? And walk away. <laughs> well, because you make the point. I think you're right. If somebody's tr- like, if somebody's really trying to insult you, they're trying to insult you. That's what they right. want. They want you to feel insulted. And if you go like, oh, but you're what you think, because, and you don't even have to say this, but know it to yourself. If this person's trying to do that, their opinion shouldn't matter to you. Like, you should only worry about the people whose opinions matter to you. And if someone's trying to make you feel bad, that is not an opinion. Now, there's a difference, and we'll talk about this in a second, of somebody giving you, like, constructive criticism or, like, somebody I, – I always think about this when I watch, like, Kitchen Nightmares and stuff where it's like, I don't know how I'd respond to that because he doesn't seem like he's giving constructive criticism. He seems like he's insulting these people, and I don't think I'd respond well to that. But the idea of, like, if they're just trying to upset you – I don't think you should be that concerned with their opinion about you. That's a good point. Um, But another physical thing that you can do when someone insults you, uh, make sure that you don't smile or laugh um, because that, that tends to diffuse a situation. And if you want to keep them from insulting you, I think that silence and a, uh, a tight face probably will make a better impression than you smiling and laughing, which might egg them on. Um, Renee asked, any tips on how to ride the fine line between constructive criticism and insults? Ah, um, well, I really, you you said fine line, um, but I think that the real difference between an insult and constructive criticism is an insult often talks about attributes of the person Um, and a lot of the ones that we talked about earlier, especially the medieval ones are about, um, you know, the way people look or their class or social standing. Um, whereas constructive criticism is about things that they do, things that can be changed. Actionable items. Actionable items. Like, so if, if you are upset with, let's say the caliber of a memo that goes around the office, Instead of saying, you send out these really stupid memos and I really hate it, you can say, please make sure that you edit your memos carefully. There have been several mistakes, which is something that a person can change instead of telling them, insulting their intelligence, which really isn't something that someone can, can change. I mean, they can read up on stuff, but they can't. I've often heard the insult, you can't fix stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that is something that really grinds at people because they feel like I'm just not smart enough. So if you want to make constructive criticism, you talk about the things that they do. Edit more carefully. Choose your words more carefully. You're, rather than saying, like, you're the messiest person in the office, say, like, hey, could you keep your desk straighter because, you know, it, it presents this, this what it looks like, this view of what people see in the office, like something that they can do and check off. And I Exactly. I also think having been a boss many different times to many different people, I think the key is if you're going to give constructive criticism – you can't have the expectation that everybody every time is going to say, thank you. I really appreciate that. It is, it, it, no matter how constructive it is, it is criticism. Yeah. That's part of being a boss. It's part of being a boss is you can't be the most liked person in the office, you know, or the, or the job. Exactly. But as long as you keep it about the task, 
uh, what they can physically do, I think that is more constructive than um, their attributes. And especially since if you give them that kind of actionable checklisty kind of item, right. really what you're doing is you're trying to improve their performance. And if it doesn't improve, you then have that reference of, I talked to you about checking the grammar and checking the wordage of your, you know, of your memos, and you haven't done it. Exactly. Uh, Becky asks, how do you call out veiled insults for what they are without making a giant scene? I think this goes back to uh, the response of, uh, of maybe, first of all, silence, letting, letting a person know that you have heard what they said instead of laughing it off. And then again, saying, I don't understand what it is you're trying to tell me. Uh, make this person kind of, uh, it, it's not it's not as a as much of a call out as it is how dare you, you know, um, but it does force the person to explain themselves perhaps a little differently, and then you can you can go on with the conversation like like we've said earlier if it means that much to you, and explain how that is inappropriate or you don't appreciate it. Especially since often when someone's doing a veiled threat, well not veiled threat that's different, but a veiled insult. They're trying to get a rise out of you without making it obvious to everyone else around because it might be something that like you know and they know is very upsetting to you, but no one else would understand. And it just ends up making you look like the bad person in the scenario where it's like, why were you so upset? Hey, calm down. They didn't mean it. But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, so like mm -hmm. that's usually why someone veils something so that they can attack you secretly. I've learned that from D&D &D and playing a rogue a lot of times. <laughs> Uh, this question is from Alex. How do you handle it tactfully if you're talking to someone and they start deeply insulting something that you enjoy, say a hobby you have uh, invest a lot of time and effort into? Um, I think that you, again, and we talk about this a lot, you have to decide how much this person in this conversation means to you. Uh, if it's worth it to you to defend your your position and your hobby, then I would say go for it. And actually genuinely talk about, we talked about D&D &D and say, D&D &D is a, a mainstream event now. The, the nerd culture is no longer a subculture. It's something that a lot of people enjoy. And leave it at that, um, if it means that much to you. If it doesn't mean that much to you, I would say stop talking to that person. Make an excuse and leave. Because it's not, if it's not worth your time, then it's not worth your time and energy. I will say this from personal experience. Don't do what I have done before, which is awkwardly agree with them because that's easier than confronting them. And then like you accidentally become friends with them or friends of friends or a friend walks over and goes, did Travis tell you about his D&D &D podcast? And you've just been sitting there talking about how much you hate D&D &D for the last five minutes. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a thing. Um, just make your excuses and walk out. Uh, one last question before we go. And I think that this is a good place to, to end on. Christopher asked, what about when you accidentally insult someone? How do you apologize? We've gone through this a little bit. Well, I mean, we, we did a whole apologizing episode. And I think that the thing that you really need to do is, is genuinely apologize that you didn't mean to insult. But don't try and, you know, dig yourself out. Say, I'm terribly sorry. That's not what I meant. I apologize. Phrasing you want to avoid. I'm sorry you got upset, but I didn't mean it that way. 
no, that's defensive. That's putting it on them. They got upset because you didn't mean it that way. So the problem is with them. But rather, I am sorry that I insulted you. I did not mean to. Is is different from you got upset. I statements. I apologize. Right. Right. And and, and listen to our episode on apologies. Yeah, that's a that's a good one too. And you know, do it right away. I'm like, don't right. Don't wait and come back like a day later. I'm like, hey, I realized now. Like, hmm. Like right then, you can see it on someone's face. Watch, watch your comment land. You know. Yeah. If uh, if they're obviously visibly upset, and I know we've advocated not to be upset, but I did, I did say that that silence is a great way to know if someone has been upset or if you are upset. That kind of silent stare that I uh, that I advocate also for. And you do <laughs> so, you do it so well, baby. That <laughs> silent stare. Let me know, like. Hey, that thing you said, that wasn't great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you'll you'll know if you've insulted them. Um, but be careful. I do think that a lot of a lot of people do tend to kind of laugh off an insult and try and smooth things over, um, smooth the situation out. If you if you find that that's happening a lot, you might want to look at your verbiage and uh, and. Make sure that that you are genuinely trying to help people instead of insult them. I would also say the other side of this, too, is if you think you've said something that accidentally insulted someone and you attempt to apologize or clarify and they go, oh, it's fine. Take them at their word because I've seen a lot of relationships. And you know what? Maybe they're not telling you the truth. Maybe they actually were very upset. But like you gave you offered the apology, the the balls in their court as far as that kind of thing goes. And you will drive yourself bonkers trying to figure out an opportunity to apologize a second time or a third time or a fourth time. Right. Yeah. You know, just if 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 you apologize and they say, oh, don't worry about it. Got to let it go. Agreed. Um, so that's going to do it for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you to our baby for staying quiet through the whole episode. Um if you enjoyed this episode, maybe go check out some other ones if you haven't. Like you said, uh, the uh, apologies episode, compliments episode, maybe tell a friend. Maybe go on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. We really do appreciate those re- rates and reviews. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at SchmannersCast, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, if you would like to have a personal message or a businessy kind of message, hey, check out my website. I just wrote a book kind of message. Uh, you can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron. Um, and, and purchase that there. Maybe wish someone like a happy birthday or happy anniversary or just say hi. Um, there's tons of other great shows on MaximumFun.org. Uh, we are big fans of Rose Buddies and Sawbones and Ono oh Ross and Carrie and Jordan Jesse Go and Can I Pet Your Dog, which is so very pleasant. Um, let's see, what else? Um, I do a couple other shows. We just put out another episode of Surprisingly Nice. Uh, with uh, with Kate Leff uh, and sales of that go to benefit uh, the Trevor Project. Um, if you want to check that out, you can go to bit.ly forward slash surprisingly nice. Um, let's see, what else? Well, let's do our thank yous. First okay. of all, thank you to Brent Brentelfloss Black for our theme song, and that's available as a ringtone on iTunes. And also thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our banner art and thumbnail art. Check out her portfolio. And special thank you this week to Judith Martin, a.k.a. Miss Manners. 
thanks for um, always advocating civility. Oh, and also, uh, we just put out a clip from the new My Brother, My Brother, Me television oh, show. Oh, so exciting. It's the uh, cold open to episode 101 and a little bit of that intro in there. Um, it was posted on the AV Club. We tweeted about it. It's in the My Brother, My Brother, Me Facebook group. But you can search, uh, I think, AV Club MBMBAM CISO if you want to find it. CISO also tweeted about it. But we put that up, and that was very exciting. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Uh, join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.